You're tuned in to the thinking power. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring author, speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. you have an impressive resume as an actor a philanthropist humanitarian i'm sure many people want to know this uh what made you decide to jump into what we're considering this dirty world of politics our democracy is broken it's hanging on by a thread and beyond that and worse still is that even in the way it is right now broken as it is there is extreme lack of representation of the people. Corporate interests, the special interests, have taken over our democracy and the people are part of the conversation. I can't stand on the sidelines and see that happen. I have a seven-year-old son, and if we don't do something dramatic and drastic right now to change that, I don't know what kind of future he's going to have. It's top, 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 so today i'm thankful i'm thankful for every mountain i'm thankful for every valley i'm thankful for every good day and every bad one i'm thankful for the ups and the downs i'm thankful for the full days as well as the empty ones a new episode of thinking out loud radio show starts We bring you Thanksgiving greetings from radio host Michael Nemmons. I just want to take a minute to just say thank you. Thank you to all of you who've listened to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly appreciate each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to spend a few minutes with us. We hope that over the past seven years that we've been doing this show that you've been motivated, inspired, and empowered by something that you've heard said on this podcast. That's always been our goal since day one and will always be our goal for the foreseeable future. So as you're sitting around your table today, enjoying family, friends, good food and fun, we just want to say thank you. We're thankful for you and we hope and pray that you're thankful for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving from the Thinking Out Loud radio show.
Hello and welcome to the Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, Michael Nimmons, and we're so very excited that you've taken some time today to spend a few minutes with us on this week's People Over Politics edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Let me first say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving, enjoying uh, family and friends and fun and food and i'm telling you guys i'm still enjoying all the food that uh, we had on thanksgiving and i hope you guys enjoyed it as well and again we thank you so much for tuning in to this week's people over politics edition of the thinking out loud radio show where, where we're going to be sharing with you a much anticipated interview with actor author, humanitarian, entrepreneur, and now U.S. Senate candidate, Mr. Hill Harper. He is our special guest on this week's People Over Politics edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we're so very excited to be sharing with you this interview with someone who I think is going to become the next duly elected senator for the state of Michigan. He has some great plans and ideas and visions for of the state of Michigan if he becomes the next senator. And I can't wait to share this dynamic interview with you in just a little bit. But before we do, guys, again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this week's Thanksgiving edition. And I hope you all had a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. Again, I have been enjoying it, getting some much needed rest and relaxation enjoying family and friends during this holiday time. It seems like things have been moving very fast as we head towards the end of this year. I cannot believe it. We're already in the last week of November, getting ready to go into the new year, 2024, believe it or not. I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I want things to slow down a little bit. It seems to be moving a little too fast for me, but, um, I, I, you know, I, I guess I just, I'm just enjoying um, the time that we have now. And I guess we have to, again, as my slogan is, take it one day at a time. Uh, but again, we're thankful that you've tuned in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We hope you have been enjoying the past three weeks slate of shows. Uh, we interviewed uh, our good friend, Michael Cleo's Chin, Christian filmmaker, that's doing some big things on uh, the Tubi streaming platform. We also interview our good friend, award-winning Christian poet and Christian hip-hop artist, Ty Scott King. And uh, that was last week's show. And now again, we are sharing with you an interview from U.S. Senate candidate, Hill Harper. You can access all of these uh, shows everywhere you get your podcast, including now, on the Pandora music app. That's right, guys. We are now available on Pandora and we're thankful for all of the platforms that we, uh, that we have access to and that you're able to listen to the thinking out loud radio show. Well, guys, we get ready to take a break. When we come back, we're jumping right into my interview with us Senate candidate, Hill Harper. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in 
to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Congratulations to radio host Michael Nimmons on seven years, 300 episodes, and over 40,000 streams and downloads of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Now available on Pandora Music app. Subscribe today. up beautiful people it's your girl lex divine in the building kicking in with yours truly michael nimmons on the thinking out loud radio and tv show all right y'all stay tuned the thinking out loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you Luther King the third um, I never focused on the, it this way but I was raised in a single parent home by a single parent mostly wow. uh, from 10 years on wow. and uh, mother uh, on April 4th 1968 which was a Thursday dad was killed on April 8th uh, 1968 um, uh, mom went to Memphis and led a march that my father was supposed to have led. You think about no one had been captured for the murder of her husband. Uh, it was not necessarily a safe environment, but she carried on instead. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Minneapolis, Minnesota, to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. All right, guys, we are back on the Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we have an extraordinary guest with us on this week's Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, he is uh, uh, not a, a stranger to no one at all. Uh, and I, I can't wait to jump into this interview uh, with him. Uh, he is a well-known actor, philanthropist. Now he is... Uh, deciding to uh, jump into the political sphere and run for candidacy for uh, the Michigan U.S. Senate. 
uh, as replacing the Honorable Debbie Stabenow. And uh, we are so excited to have him with us on this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, actor, philanthropist, humanitarian, and much more, Mr. Heal Harper. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Oh, Brother Michael, thank you. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. I know you guys are excited about the holiday. What are some uh, what are some things you guys do are doing uh, for this Thanksgiving season? Well, you know, I, I don't think there's any better place in the world to be than Detroit and Michigan and Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. You know? So so I'm gonna have a lot of family, you know, thankful to have, you know, I live in the Boston Edison area, which is a historic district. And, mm. and, you know, I have a seven-year-old son. So, you know, decorating for the holidays is a, is a part of, you know, these old houses here on Boston. And I, it, it's really about family, you know, at right. the end of the day, these holidays are about family. And it's also about gratitude. You know, to me, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year. Um, because it's about being thankful for what we have um, and, and and moving into a, a gratitude space. And and so it, it, to me, this is the best holiday and certainly my favorite. And I like to eat. I like to can't eat. Tell. So I love turkey and fresh <laughs> cranberry sauce and, and the lions. Oh, Come on, man. Man. You know, right. Uh, I had, you know, I believe that for the first time since I think the nineties, the Ooh. lions, you know, I predict that we will host a home playoff game. Right. And not only host it, we will win that game. All right. And so this city is going to be bananas uh, uh, charged up, fired up, and it's going to be fine. Fantastic. Lions defense is incredible. Um, and it's just, it's pretty wonderful. So I'm pretty excited about uh, uh, all of the, the future going into the holiday. Absolutely. And I agree with you 100 percent. So, guys, you heard it here first. Hill Harper has said the Lions are not only going to host a playoff game, but they're going to win it. So uh, we're going right. to hold you to that. So go to Vegas, go to your sports book, whatever you need to do. <laughs> Just don't, just don't come after me if it doesn't happen. That's all I'm saying. You, you know, you're betting at your own risk. At that your own risk. Just, that's right. And and make sure that you're of legal age to do it. Don't say Hill Harper told me and you can't legally. Please don't put that on me. I'm just giving you a, a friendly prediction. A friendly prediction. Uh, okay. We'll accept that here. What do the uh, investment bank type people say? Um, pass past uh, results are a prediction of future results. I'm just saying, I've been pretty good at predicting, but but don't hold me to that don't one. Don't hold you uh, to that. Uh, that's right. Don't put your money on That's what I'm don't saying. Put put that, let's put it that Oh, you can hold me to it. Just don't put your money on Okay. All right. We'll do that. We'll do that. Guys, I know you're enjoying my interview with candidate for U.S. Senate for the state of Michigan, Mr. Hill Harper. He is our guest on this week's Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And so we want to start here with you. Uh, you know, you have an impressive resume as an actor, a philanthropist, humanitarian, uh, you know, so much going for you. Uh, and uh, I want to know, and I'm sure many people want to know this, uh, what made you decide 
to and or inspired you to jump into what we're considering this dirty world of politics? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, when I was in school, you know, I decided I left, I went, finished at Brown University, and then I went to Harvard. I went to Harvard Law School, and I also did a joint degree at the Harvard's Kennedy School of Government. So I got my JD, which is a Juris Doctorate, and my MPA, which is a Master's in Public Administration, which basically is a Master's in Government. And so there was a time in my life, many, 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 many years ago, where I understood the power that government had on impacting the everyday lives of people. And that's why I went to grad school and studied that. And I studied the law and I certainly was heading in that direction. But there was another part of me that loved the arts and loved acting. And I was, uh, you know, my heroes were people that I had read about and seen in film like Sidney Poitier and Harry mm. Belafonte and Paul Rosen and Denzel Washington, you know, people who represented the best of us. And I felt that I could continue to do that. And I felt that I could represent that because I've always wanted to have positive impact and legacy. And to me, those are the calling cards of, a, of, a, of, a, of an important life or a life well lived. You know, I'm sure you've heard the adage that, you know, you're born on a date and you pass away on a date and it's, and it's that dash that's in between those two numbers of what you do with that dash. And, and, and I'm fortunate that I've come from a family that said, you know what, your goal should be to positively impact your community, your family, your world, uh, and have legacy behind it. Meaning don't just have impact, but have it be lasting impact. And so I wanted to do that through the arts. Uh, and as my career went on, I decided to write books that were empowerment books, like Letters to a Young Brother, Manifest Your Destiny, which won the American Library Association Award Best Book for Young Adults that Barack Obama contributed to, who was my classmate at Harvard Law School. And, and then I Letters to a Young Sister. Michelle Obama contributed to that one and many others, um, amazing people like Venus Williams, et cetera, and, 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 and on and on. And so the goal has always been, how do you impact the world positively? And, and we're at a point now though, when you ask about right now and why now, our democracy is broken. It's hanging on by a thread. And beyond that, and worse still, is that even in the way it is right now, broken as it is, there is extreme lack of representation of the people. Look at our education system. Look at our healthcare system. Look at our neighborhoods that we're in many of them around here. You can't for three miles around, you can't find a fresh piece of produce. Um, who is fighting for the everyday person? Folks don't know how they're going to pay their bills. You fill up your car and, and you're like, what's going on? How do you pay for that? Credit card debt is at record highs. Interest rates are at record highs. You know, people look around and they're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Something is not fair. And they're right. The government class, the professional politicians, the lobbyists, the, 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 the corporate interests, the special interests have taken over our democracy and the people aren't part of the conversation. That's why you're seeing record low voting turnout. That's why people have checked out because they're like, 
Why should I even do this? I don't get it. And so I can't stand on the sidelines and see that happen. I have a seven-year-old son. And if we don't do something dramatic and drastic right now to change that, I don't know what kind of future he's going to have. You're absolutely right. Um, I I completely agree with you. Everything that you said about uh, this democracy um, is uh, is disturbing. It's, it's distressing to see um, what it has become and uh, the direction that is headed if something isn't done. And uh, we we certainly appreciate uh, that inspiration because we need more individuals like yourself who are willing to step up to the plate and say, you know what, I'm not just going to criticize the system. I'm not just going to um, talk about things, but I'm going to actually uh, commit to doing something about it because I think we have more people. Because, because yeah. Michael, that's what they bet on. Right. They bet on people won't get involved. They right. bet on that won't come together because if the people come together, we can change it overnight. Mm. But they bet that we they want us divided. Right. They want us. Right. So they can maintain control. And I'll tell you, you know, what's you know, you know, the definition of insanity is continue doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a but different, different result. results. Yeah. We, we keep electing the same type of career politicians into office and expecting a different result. Uh, it's time that we change and it's time that we actually have people in office that are representing the people that are willing to not just represent, but fight for the people. And that's what my candidacy represents. Well, again, I am, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm already on, on board and, and excited about your candidacy. And so uh, with that in mind, uh, can you share with us what your vision is for the state of Michigan? Uh, you are running for uh, the seat, uh, retiring Honorable Step Debbie Stabenow, and uh, and and so filling those shoes and and being able to follow in her footsteps as um, the next U.S. Senator for the state of Michigan is a is a huge job, but. I'm sure you're you're ready for it. So share with our listeners what your vision is for the state of Michigan as its next U.S. senator. Sure. Uh, when we think about Senator Stabenow, uh, we think about somebody who has really fought for the people and, right. and in a real way. So it is huge to choose to fill. And when I look at the landscape of candidates who are running for this office in both parties, um, my candidacy fits her ethos much more than any other. In fact, I want to push even farther and harder um, off the groundwork or the foundation she's already laid. And I'll give you an example. Senator Stabenow uh, was only one of 17 senators to vote against the Iraq war way back when. And if you think about that, that took a lot of courage. And we're in the midst of a time right now when we have to talk about who is going to be courageous enough to talk about peace and mm. to talk about nonviolence and to talk about people, uh, putting people over violence and right. figuring out ways to talk and negotiate. Um, she also put family farms and the farm workers and farming in the front and center. Michigan has a great agricultural 
history and legacy. Over over 53,000 farms, 50,000 of them are considered family farms or small farms. We have to undergird and protect our family farms. And there are smart ways to do it. And this is why um, I think my candidacy is unique in that sense that you know, I'm an outsider, but I see the inside game. And so we can, we can point out where the flaws are and we can create really good programs. Let's let, let, let me give you an example. So, you know, I had a meeting with a young lady uh, here in Detroit, a single mom is a corner of Mac and Drexel. And we were talking and she was saying the exact same things that her needs and concerns were. She wanted a safe place for her kids to go to school. She wanted healthy food accessible to her. She wanted, she wanted neighborhoods that were safe. She wanted health care um, and not have to figure out how to pay for prescription medicine or her rent. You know, she wanted uh, an opportunity to build a better life and to learn new skills so she could grow. And then I met with a farmer uh, 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 out in mid-Michigan who said he wanted safe schools and a safe community for his kid. He wanted accessibility to healthcare because they're, they're closing all these small um, rural hospitals and there's no place around where he can go. He wanted to learn new skills and have investment into his farm so they could add different things and do different kind of cover crops and all sorts of things. He wanted the right to repair his, 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 his John Deere equipment. And, 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 and not lose the, the warranty because they, they make you send it back and pay all these things. He, he, he wanted a place to sell his produce and he, and he wanted to be able to compete with big agriculture because they pay 10 X less for fertilizer. So price-wise, how can he compete? And so you start to realize that there's a group of people at almost a 90% level vote for one party because they've been told to, and another group of people that at 90% plus vote for another party because they have somehow been told to, yet their interests are the same. Mm. And I want to bring people together here in Michigan. I want to fight for everybody and bring folks because our interests are the same. And let me show you how I bring those two together. She, li she lives in a neighborhood she can't get fresh produce. He's got a lot of fresh produce, but he can't price compete. She may be on SNAP government assistance. Why can't we undergird him federally to set up a farmer's market where she lives, take his produce. He gets a place to sell it. He gets help. She's already getting snap assistance. She pays for that produce. All of a sudden he's got a place to sell it, keep him in business. She's got fresh produce in her community. So that, you know, cause right now the only thing she can go to a liquor store is buy Funyuns, Spago or Verner's through three inches of Plexi. And so all of a sudden the smart government program creates two winners um, and you've, do, you've done nothing different except set up a relationship. And so that's what efficiency is. Mm. And so the things that I want to do is make government more efficient so it's actually working for the people. And people are left out of the conversation now. There's a $6.2 trillion federal budget. And the vast majority of people across this state I talk to, they have no idea where that money goes. And it's their money. Exactly. Imagine that. It's your money, Michael. It's my money. It's everybody I talk to across the state. And folks, I believe the reason why they don't know is because the politicians aren't making decisions with their money for them. They're making mm -hmm. decisions with their money based off lobbyists, based off special interest, and based off corporate money. So whoever wrote the biggest check and funded the campaign is the person that's dictating the legislation. Mm -hmm. 
And that has to stop or our democracy will cease because that's what's killing our democracy. The insider politics of the 1% elite who are literally running this country from behind closed doors. And that that is uh, uh, an excellent point that you made about the state of uh, American politics, uh, you know, I agree with you 100%. It's, it's sad, and you hear it all the time. Politicians say that we're doing this for the American people. We are, we're doing this on behalf of the American people, but yet the decisions that they're making seem to not even impact them at all. They don't have them in mind. They're not, they're, they're not, you know, they are voting against the interests of the American people when they're in Congress, when they're in the Senate. So, Again, let's break, we, down, let's break down a few things just to be clear. So we're not just talking generally. Watch this. I don't believe a Congress member or a senator should have better health care than any American. And wow. right now they have significantly better health care. OK, so watch this. The people are the employer of the congressional representative. Mm. So how is it that the employee has better health care coverage than the employer, the boss? Mm. That's number one. Number two, if you're in Congress or in the Senate, you can legally insider trade, right? You are involved in these conversations. You know what government contracts are coming down the line. You know who's going to benefit from what policy. You know, you know, is it any surprise that many of our congressional members and senators um, own stock in military companies that have it all. automatic government contracts. Now, your congressman, your senator can legally insider trade, but you can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. If we do it, we going to jail. That's right. Martha Stewart went to jail, right? So, so, so those are just two examples of things that are concrete examples that should not exist yet. They allow it to exist because they benefit from it. The other piece is obviously money and politics Mm. and the fact that the biggest barrier to entry is the fact that you can have an unending political cycle and outspend your opponent on television and ads and all sorts of things, negative ads and lies. And there's actually no check on lies. They can put out, and I guarantee you they will, I'm sure, all sorts of ads on me. There can be no real basis in fact, and there's no penalty for that, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's the type of world we're living in. And that's why we, we've gotten the results we've gotten. And the only way we reclaim it is for the, the people, collectively, us. Everyone's listening to this. And they grab everybody else and say, we're going to stop this. We're going to start electing candidates that say they're going to represent them. And then we're going to hold them accountable. I'm going to have office hours. I'm going to be accessible. That's the way it should be. I'm not going to have these backdoor meetings. Everyone's going to be able to see my schedule. Mm. We need full transparency to restore government trust. All right. These backdoor deals and all these behind the scenes meetings, people, another thing people don't know, four to six hours, your average congressional member spends making donor calls. Now they could be using those four to six hours for office hours or calling constituents saying, Hey, what's going on in your world? How can it be helped? Oh, my school is da 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 da. We lost funding for this. Oh no no no. We can do something about that. They could be doing that, but that's not what they do. And so, so everyone when I'm elected is going to be able to see my everyday schedule. They'll see who I'm meeting with. And if anybody brings up money 
or how much someone donated to get a meeting or anything like that, number one, that staff person will be let go. And number two, that meeting will end. Hmm. I do not want to know who gave what to my campaign and that will not impact a meeting. If they're my, if they live in the state of Michigan, I don't even care how they voted, whether they voted for me or not, I still want to represent them and I still want to hear from them. And that's the type of politics we have to start. And I believe we can begin this and create a wave of that type of, and that starts to reclaim our democracy. Mm. If we're able to do that, we're able to set our country on a diff- back on a different course where people feel that the government has their back. Mm. Everybody, talk to everybody I talk to, everybody feels like the government is, is almost against them. Right. Right? Because they feel like, where's their protection? Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it, it is, it's astounding. And, and, and who blames them? Because listen, we talked about gas. If you look at the corporate profits of, you know, Exxon, Shell, all these major companies, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars, yet gas prices still go up. And people are saying, that doesn't make sense. If you look at Kaiser and, and medical, hundreds of billions of dollars in profits over the last 10 years, but medical costs keep going up. Right. You look at the most recent, the union strike, and they're asking for a 40% pay increase over four years. But then you look at the CEO and you're like, the CEO got 40% pay increase plus stock benefits. Plus uh, in 1986, CEO pay was 60 X the median worker. Today it's 350 X the median worker. Wow. We're living in a world where people say, listen, I'm out here just working hard. You know, you can charge me a fair price and make a profit. Nothing wrong with that. But don't kill me. Mm. They're taking it. We've, we've gotten to a world where folks are taking advantage of the middle class person or the working class person, the regular person who has no power. They're taking all the money. That's why you see the 1% owning more and more and more because they have all the leverage. Right. Government is allowing them to, to do it. That's right. Because they're in on the game. Mm. So that's the clearest way I can say what's really going on because people have that frustration, but they don't know how to articulate what's really happening because they know something's not right. You know, because you're like, how can the oil company be making billions, but they say the gas prices still have to go up? Right. It doesn't. It's not making sense. It's not making sense. Mm-hmm. It's only making sense if you say, you know, I'm going to charge you those strong arm prices. You know, I don't know what community you're from, but I've been in many communities where, you know, you, you got, you got to pay to play, you know, and that's, what's really going on. It's, it's, it's like that old school gangster mentality, but it's happening. It's happening on a global corporate scale. Right. Right. And, and that is something that has definitely got to, uh, got to stop. Guys, and then I, not to mention, this is the key point. The government is actually subsidizing many of these interest industries with your tax dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So look at auto. One of the biggest, one of the biggest fighting points was EVs and electric vehicles, right? right. Government was subsidizing the auto interest industry to the tunes of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not billions of dollars to get the EV industry and clean, clean auto going. But the automotive companies were not guaranteeing the unions that these would be union jobs. Mm. 
nor was any of that money passing through to the worker. Right. Okay. Look at the banks. They'll bail out the big banks to the tune of trillions of dollars because they're too big to fail. Mm-hmm. We've seen bank failures recently. But you look around our communities, can you get a loan to open up a produce business in the North End? Nope. So the bank gets all that money, but they're, and the idea is supposed to trickle down to lending for you. But it, it but doesn't. But it doesn't. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And so let's... It, it, the fix is in and we have to dismantle the fix. And the problem is you get people running around yelling, you know, rhetoric, you know, make America great again, but America got worse. You know, you can't, you just have to be honest with folks, explain to them what's going on and saying, I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not going to just use rhetoric. I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm going to make decisions based off you. I want to know what folks want the money to be spent on. Do you want 1.8, 2.2, 2.4 trillion dollars of the 6.2 to go to the military industrial complex and buy $400 hammers? Is that the best use of your money? Because those contracts roll over and roll over and our congressional members have have stock in some of those, you know, some of those companies. So we have to understand what the game is and then you have to understand, okay, what are you going to do about the game? Right. I I totally agree with you. And, and you said something that struck me, you know, I don't believe there's honesty at all in politics. I mean, they're there because in order for you to tell the truth about, uh, about a situation, you have to first be able to accept the, accept the reality of what the truth is. And we have politicians who do nothing but lie. I mean, it's a, it's their profession uh, and they're professional liars. And, you know, we see it happen all the time. They've called it fake news. They call, you know, see, you see something happen right in front of you and they'll tell you to your face. No, that's not what happened. Yeah, <laughs> they will lie with impunity and impunity. And, and, and you, you got to ask yourself, you go into office making 175,000 a year and you're not a millionaire, but how do you come out of office a millionaire? You know, <laughs> so it, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it, I, I, I got to laugh to keep from crying. And, and, and at the end of the day, that's, that's why I love this country and I love the state of Michigan. i I chose Michigan, right? I chose to move here. I, I was born in Iowa. But I chose to move here seven years ago because I love the people. Mm. And the more you look around and the more you feel and the more you talk to folks, the people of our state were getting ripped off Mm. federally. And I don't want to stand on the sidelines. I want to fight back. I want to fight for the people. Guys, I know you're enjoying my interview with uh, Mr. Heal Harper, U.S. candidate, the next U.S. uh, U.S. Senator for the state of Michigan. We're so happy to have him. We're speaking that into existence even in this interview. Guys, we're getting ready to take our first break. When we come back, we're jumping back into my interview with the next U.S. Senator for the state of Michigan, Mr. Hill Harper. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Masterpiece. You are 
a masterpiece. What's up, y'all? It's another year, and we continue to do big things in Jesus' name. So keep it locked to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Y'all know what it is. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. But envision the beauty first in his mind's eye, then positioned each one purposely. And he was just that exact when he made you and me red, yellow, black. Emmy Award winning journalist, Jamil Hill. I have to ask ourselves, how is it that we're trying to allegedly reach racial harmony, but we want to have celebrations of racist things all the time? Again, we can't have unity unless we agree that something's bad. And we sound even more foolish by saying, oh, no, but we changed the meaning. Okay, they can say the same thing in Germany about a lot of things but you don't see it because they knew in order for real healing to take place, they had to disavow all that stuff, which is why they paid reparations to the descendants of the Jews that were killed and are. That's why they did it. Apologies don't work unless you put some level of action behind it. It's my really long-winded way of saying that when I think about the national anthem, it doesn't represent everybody. Mark Cuban knew it, he talked about it. That's why they stopped doing it. And you know what? They didn't do it for 13 games and no one noticed. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister, Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with the next U.S. Senator for the state of Michigan, Mr. Hill Harper. He is with us on the Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, guys. And I'm telling you, I have been enjoying talking to him about his vision for uh, the state of Michigan, uh, filling the the huge shoes of retiring uh, Senator Debbie Stabenow. And uh, all that's going to go along with that, uh, he has shared with us what he is passionate about. Uh, obviously, you know him as an actor in Hollywood, but he is definitely passionate about much more than just what he has been doing. And he aspires to do even more for the citizens of the state of Michigan. And, you know, in this segment, we want to talk about 
um, uh, what is happening in Washington. You know, there's much to do about nothing really in Congress because the Republicans are the majority now in the House. They have recently elected um, this, a new speaker, Mike Johnson, who is a known election denier. Uh, and there's still um, like, like many people uh, then, um, uh, not willing to accept the fact that Joe Biden is the clear winner of the 2020 election. But we have that as the now the representative, uh, the next in line was well, second in line to the presidency of the United States. So I want to know from you, you know, you said earlier you want to be the kind of politician that brings people together, uh, particularly in the state of Michigan. But we don't see that uh, in Congress. What are your thoughts about that? And, and what can we do to change that? You know, I may get in a little trouble with what I'm about to say, but I have to be honest. And, and, you know, the reason why we don't see people coming together in Congress is because, unfortunately, both parties uh, are in on it. Mm. Both parties are able to raise money off the divisiveness. Mm. They make somebody else the boogeyman. And then they're able to raise money and maintain their power and stature. And then, and then they're also able to say, well, if this person isn't, doesn't feel that way, then they must not be, they must be weak or they can't handle that person. So you keep people so divided that you're not getting anything accomplished for the people. And like I said earlier in the interview, over 500,000 hours a year, is wasted by all of these politicians making money calls and big donor calls every day on the people's time and the people's dime. Mm. And that's a problem. Right. And we sit back and we wonder why the House of Representatives and the United States Senate are so inefficient because they're both playing the same game. Rather than putting people first and our country first and our democracy first, they act as if they're willing to sink the ship to kill the captain. Exactly. I mean, they would rather they would rather lie and destroy our democracy to maintain power. Mm. That's not putting the people first. Mm -mm. That has nothing to do with the people in the best interest of the people. You know, you got to remember when our country was founded, politicians were not full time jobs. Right. We have a professional political class. That watch this. Even billionaires saw how valuable it was. So they started to jump in. They're like, whoa, I'm missing out. The real game is to get into politics because these cats are really, they got the inside move. And so that's what's so crazy about this, right? And so there's very little incentive when you have power to relinquish it mm. or to create an opportunity for competition within that dynamic. And, and that's when you know you're not putting the people first. It's like people were talking about, you know what, because they've seen some senators, you know, falling asleep and unfortunately passing away in office and, or, 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 you know, all these things. And they said, well, well, we need term limits. If you actually have real open democracy and competition, you don't need term limits. Mm -hmm. You need to take the money out of politics and make it accessible. 
I believe that no candidacy outside the U.S. presidency, because it's multiple primaries, should be over six months. I believe that no candidacy, you, you should be able to raise it outside the U.S. president, uh, raise over $100,000 with a $100,000 public match if, if it's a big statewide campaign. The rest should be on you to be able to recruit volunteers. And if you can't create a movement and recruit volunteers, why should you represent people mm. and the people? Right. So we have our incentives off. And if we actually made it system that way, where there's no dark money, get rid of Citizens United, get rid of super PACs and all of these other things that manipulate outcomes, then you actually wouldn't need term limits because there'd be so much competition. There would be a lot of turnover, new voices, new people coming in. And I believe in this idea that I talk about a lot called regenerative democracy. And regenerative democracy is the type of democracy that improves upon itself. It's the type of democracy that it's getting better every year and every cycle because folks are making it a little bit better every time. That's just like what regenerative AI is. It's the system is getting improving upon itself. But what we have right now is degenerative democracy. Oh, yeah. It seems to get worse every worse. cycle and people do worse things and they lie more because they get away with it and they use race baiting and weaponized race, weaponized violence, weaponized gender, weaponized lying to keep power. And it makes our democracy worse. And that's why our democracy is on the precipice of crumbling, where the rest of the world used to look at our country as the beacon of what democracy is. Right. We've allowed it. And this is, but the, how it's happened is that we, the people have checked out because it's happened on our watch. And that's what we really need to talk about. I agree with you. And and since we since you brought it up, you know, there is a term and you mentioned it off off air uh, that that uh, speaks directly to uh, this issue. And it's called voter apathy. Yes. You know, uh, voters, you know, and, and, and people like myself who we, we talk about voting all the time on this podcast uh, and. Uh, you know, we hear people say, you know, what incentive is there for me to vote when we put people, we put politicians in there who tell us while they're running what they're going to do, but we only see them when it's time to run again. We exactly. only hear from them when it's time for us uh, to vote for them again. No, the regular person doesn't hear from again. You know, who exactly. Was the big donor, the big donors. That's it. That's it. And that's why people feel left out. So that's why they know their vote isn't just a vote anymore. Exactly. Because their vote, they used to say, you need to have a say in the process. They know that they don't have a say even with their vote. The, the, the person who has the say is the person who writes the big check. But that's why we got to start electing people that actually will give people an equal say no matter what. That's the point. And, and I believe if we do that, people will get back engaged. Back in the time when Coleman Young was the mayor of mm. <laughs> Wow. 60% turnout. The last turnout we had in Detroit was 15%. Yes. 15% of the people are choosing a representative. And so that cannot be good. And it's not. And so, but I don't blame the people. You know, I don't, I don't blame them because when you get sold hope and change and nothing changes and you got hopeful, that lets you down. Someone else comes along, like I said earlier, and says, make America great again. America gets worse. Somebody else comes along and just lies. And you're like, it doesn't matter who's there. My world is just getting worse. I have higher debt. I'm paying higher interest rates. 
cost of living is going up. I can't afford my prescription medicine. I'm gonna have to file personal bankruptcies for medical. I don't know, my kids aren't safe in school. There's guns everywhere. What's going on? Right. And so when you see that happen and, and you're like, well, what difference is that? I just have to close down the hatches and just take care of mine. Why should I get out and even vote? We have to change that. We have to run people. I believe that hopefully my candidacy will inspire other people to run. So down ballot all over the state of Michigan, there'll be people like, I'm a Hill. There's one guy, one of my writers said, I'm a Hill Harper Democrat, right? He said, I've been a Republican. I've been independent. I've been a Democrat. I'm a Hill Harper Democrat. Mm-hmm. I want Hill Harper Democrats up and down the ballot in Michigan because we have to put people first and we can do it. We can do it if we decide to do it, but it only works collectively because the money people are gonna spend a whole lot of money to try to make sure I don't get into office. And at the end of the day, that's, you know, it, it's gonna be collective action. Dr. King said, we're all tied together in a, in single, a single garment, garment of, of destiny. destiny. That's, that's right. it, you know, Michael. That's and, it. And that's absolutely true. Now, what do you say to people who, who have voter apathy, who are saying that not only is there, they feel like there is no incentive to vote, but politicians uh, are weaponizing voting and, and saying that, you know, that that your vote, uh, that your that that the elections are, are somehow stolen, even exactly. when you go to the polls to vote, that that the elections are stolen. So your vote, you, you might have voted for the right person, but the wrong person still got in office and your and vote was stolen. That that vote was stolen. That. that- is an age old tactic to get people to check out because they get confused and they're like, there's some cheating going on. And whenever you feel like there's cheating going on that you, you, you check out. And, and, and so, you know, it, 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 it breaks my heart. It really does because the foundational principles of our country are what makes this country so great. And that's how we are able, for instance, to build the civil rights movement. You know, Dr. King simply used the founding language, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all men are created equal. But, you know, it's just just those foundational words. And what's happened is people have gotten so, again, far away from that. And obviously the country started far away from that because the country was built off slavery, Right. right? But then slavery was ended based off the fact that slavery didn't fit those words. And then the civil rights movement, you know, Jim Crow segregation, and based off the fact that didn't fit those words. We have to pull our country back. And I'll give you a great example. When Dr. King was marching from Selma to Montgomery, and they did it a multi-day march to the Capitol, almost everybody marching had small flags, and there was a big flag, in the American flag. They were saying, this is our America and we want America to hold up to what it's always espoused to be in the founding documents. Right. Now, fast forward to today, 2023, when you see a pickup truck with a big old American flag on the back, who who do you think is driving that? We've allowed other people with other incentives to grab the flag, the proud boys, you know, we've allowed them 
to co-opt the word patriot or liberty. Those are our words. Mm. Mm. I want to lead a charge to grab them back. Mm. I want to lead a charge to grab this flag back. We all built this country. We all deserve the best version of it. And that is the best version of real democracy where real opportunity is there for everybody. We used to say it's the land of opportunity, but that's not true for the vast majority of people now. And people know it. The only way we actually get that back is to stop the insider games in Washington and allow the government to be a source of opportunity for everybody. And what's so crazy about it, everybody wins if we do that. You know, everybody wins. And we do make America better than it's ever been. Mm. It's not about looking back and saying, we want to reclaim that version of America. It's about looking forward and saying, the best version of America is ahead of us, but it's going to take courage and it's going to take honesty and it's going to take the people to demand it be so. And we can't, we can't lay over. We can't, we can't sit out. We have to do it. And, and watch this. Michigan's the perfect place for it, Michael, because some of the greatest voting rights in the country are here. Right? 45 days absentee. Okay. Some of the greatest voting rights in the country are in our state. Because oftentimes people talk about, you know, we need to, to take care of voting rights, which we do. As a senator, one of the first things I want to pass is the John Lewis Voting Rights and Advancement Act because oh, the absolutely. Voting Rights Act of, of right. 1965 has been gutted. Right. But, it, but so it's so so these types of voting rights exist across the country now, but they're already here. 45 days absentee, nine days early voting, same day registration. If you're on probation, parole, or if you're in jail awaiting trial, you can vote. Okay, absentee. So so here's the deal: we don't have a voting rights prop in Michigan. We have a don't show up or don't vote problem, a voter apathy problem. That's it. That's it. And I want this candidacy in 2024 to represent the restructuring of that, to getting people back engaged, getting them back involved and no excuses. Everybody grabbing somebody and say, Hey, Hey, did you vote? I want it to be like those Beyonce tickets. <laughs> People were like selling and grabbing and you got them. We going, we need to make voting like that because people, people felt they were going to get value out of Beyonce tickets, which they did. They got an experience. They got to be in community. They got to reflect on songs they loved and they got to have great. Let's do that with voting, y'all. Let's wow. do that with showing up in 2024. Our community's never even been taught to show up for a primary. Because mm. the party always shows up in October because they need your vote in November to win statewide. Because we know Michigan is a red state until black folks show up, right? <laughs> Here's the deal, though. We got to vote in the primary. That's we got to vote in the primary like it's, like it's the general. And that election... The election day of that is August 6th, but it's 45 days earlier is the real election because mm -hmm. that's when absentee ballots are available. Right, right. Guys, I know you're enjoying my interview with the next U.S. Senator for the state of Michigan, our good friend, 
Hill Harper. He is with us on this week's Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we're getting ready to take our last break. When we come back, we want to deal with the question of how do we give or how do we get voters mobilized for this 2024 upcoming presidential series of elections. We have a primary. We have we have three actual elections in the state of Michigan coming up. Uh, so we're going to talk about that as we conclude this Thanksgiving edition. We'll be right back. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, don't, don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Refined. Rebranded. Reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new MichaelNimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new MichaelNimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought provoking working experience. Stephanie D. Sanders, award-winning singer, songwriter, author, voiceover artist, and more. Heard on shows like the Time Join the Morning Show and the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Book Stephanie D. Sanders to voice over your podcast or radio intros or commercials do yourself a favor and visit stephaniedsanders.com and upgrade your podcast or radio show by booking Stephanie D. Sanders. You'll definitely be glad that you did. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. We are back and I know you are enjoying uh, our conversation with what we feel, who we feel is the next U.S. Senator for the state of Michigan, Mr. Hill Harper. He is with us on the Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we've been talking. I mean, we've been having a great conversation, I think. Yes. about uh, what is happening in the state of Michigan as well as what is happening around this country and how uh, he may, uh, what his vision is for this state and for this country. Uh, but you said something in this last segment that I really want to touch on and really want to have you expound on more as we deal with voter apathy. It was only 15% of voters who voted in uh, the city of Detroit in the last general election in November. And 
uh, voter apathy is a real problem. Uh, but we have three elections coming up in uh, in this next election cycle in 2024. We have a primary uh, in February or March, and then we have a late August. February primary with with the president. Right. Presidential primary. Presidential primary. And then fast forward to August 6th, which will be the general primary for the U.S. Senate seat at the top of that ticket. Right. And then all the down ballot people across the state. Exactly. Republican and Democrat primary. And then the November general election. General election. So my question, Mr. Harper, is how do we get people mobilized? How do we get people mobilized to vote in all three, not just the one election in November, because we know whenever people hear general presidential election, that's that that's usually what gets people out to vote right. uh, uh, across the board. But we need people to vote in the primary. We need people to vote in August as well as November. We How sure do we do, do that? Well, number one thing I would recommend everyone listening to this show go, and I hope everybody will do it, is go to my website www.hillharper.com and sign up to volunteer. Um, please donate. $1 makes a difference. $5, $10, $25.00-we are mobilizing and organizing people in all 83 counties across the state to turn out the vote. We need people to do phone banking. We need people to do door knocking. We need people to, to do that because remember, it's not just about the, the Senate candidacy. It's about everyone participating. Why is that so important to our candidacy? It's so important to our candidacy because we know that the establishment candidate wins when there's low voter turnout. Mm -hmm. The insurgent candidate wins when there's a lot of excitement and high voter turnout. And so we need to have candidates that people are excited to get behind, that they believe that they get some value by this person being in office. And I hope that after you've listened to this podcast, that you believe I'm one of those people. And I'm not the only one. You've got to also remember, we're, we're attempting to build an infrastructure here that can last beyond just this election. Mm. We, we, you know, we want to build a database and an infrastructure that as other candidates come along, that share our values, that want to represent people. We They're not starting at zero. They're saying, hey, here's a group of people that already believe in this message. There's a group of people that already want to support us. That's how we, you create a wave. You create a wave of new winners up and down the ballot by sharing it. And, and, and that's why the only way, for instance, we're going to be able to win is if folks who are listening to this even share reaching out to their network and say, Hey, I heard this brother Hill Harper. Cause I'm not gonna be able to get to everybody. Right. You can say, hey, I heard this brother Hill Harper. You better, you know, listen to this podcast or share the podcast, but they say, we, we got to call 10 people each and make sure that they donate $2 to his campaign. Or we got to call them and make sure they donate and volunteer. We got to call them and make sure they vote for this brother and get 10 other people and 10 other people and 10 other people. Cause if 10 get 10, get 10, get 10, get 10, then you win. If one gets one, gets one, gets one, gets one, then you're an armchair quarterback saying, dang, how come more people didn't turn out? Right. And so we we have to do this and, and, and we have to do it collectively and we can do it and we can do it. Collectively. That's what I want people to know, because a lot of people don't participate because they say, oh, it's not going to work. They don't want to get hopeful again. Mm. Uh, they've been let down too many times. It's like, you know, it's kind of like I hate to use the metaphor dating. 
right? There's a lot of people that have been scorned and they're like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to open I'm up my heart again. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to let you stomp on it. But here's the deal. The only way we make the world better is to believe in each other and then do the work to make it so. Mm. And that's how we're going to win, right? You know, I say, come on, I'm Hill Harper. I want you to climb with me. You know, let's go climb it together, y'all. Let's go climb it together. And if I start to stumble, I know you'll grab me. And if you stumble, I'll grab you. And But by then, we'll get there together, and we will. And we can look back and say, we started a new movement in this country. Because the one thing we do know is that so goes Michigan first, the rest of the country follows. Right, right. right. And that's true. You know who you sound like, and 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 and, and uh, I'm I'm being I'm being very serious about this. You sound like candidate Obama when he ran back in 2008. The the optimism, the idealism, the yes we canism that motivated and really um really energized voters to get out there. And I, I and I see I see that see those similarities in you as you uh, here's the, get out there. Here's the thing. Let's break this down real quick because we learned something from that. Cause you know right. what, what's interesting. I was recently at the 15 year reunion of the, in Chicago, saw president Obama. Park, right. with, yeah. We, we went to the reunion. The big mistake we made back then. Mm. I will not make this mistake again because we all made the mistake and I include myself in is that Obama for America became this force and it was incredible and everyone was building to win the victory. But the real win was not the victory. It was Obama for America, meaning all these people were together and nobody had a plan what to do with it after the win. Cause the win was just the goal as if that was the end, but it was actually just the beginning. Right. And so, for instance, if the next week folks would have said, okay, this week, everybody, we're going to go clean parks. Everybody's going to clean parks. And then next week, we're going to go read to second graders. Everybody go read to second graders. That's the power of it. But we lost it we because lost. no one cultivated it and kept it going because everybody was like, just winning the presidency was it. And then we realized it's not because they could stop the president, right? They, like I said, sink the ship to kill the captain, but they can't stop the people. Mm. They can't stop the people. So if we would have just remembered that the people are the power, not the politician. Mm. Politician is just a mouthpiece or a conduit as an instrument of the people. And that's what this candidacy is about. And that's what we learned from the hope and change movement. Right. Right. We're not going to make that mistake again. People are going to get hopeful. People are going to get involved, but we're going to recognize that the power is actually the coming together of the people and the work that we continue to do, not just trying to win or, you know, not win an election. Like it's a binary choice. Exactly. So you, it sounds to me like you want to integrate the people into your plan for the state of Michigan. It, it is, it is. Absolutely. That's right. the only way this works. This works. Right. That's what our democracy was. Mm -hmm. You know, the folks who wrote these documents, they were farmers, lawyers. Alexander Hamilton was a lawyer. 
Thomas Jefferson had a big old farm, you know, slave holder, right. George Washington, you know, they had jobs, right? They had jobs and the government was just supposed to be an instrument to support the quality of life in a country. And we've gotten away from that to a professional full-time political class that's using the government for their own interests, not the interests of the people. So people have to take it back. Absolutely. Guys, I know you have enjoyed my interview with this dynamic uh, candidate for the U.S. Senate for the state of Michigan, uh, Mr. Hill Harper. He has been our special guest on the Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Before we let you go, please leave our, our listeners with how they can uh, support you, how they can reach out, how they can be a part of your candidacy. Because again, we are behind you hundred percent, whatever we can do uh, to make this happen. Uh, we are definitely in your corner and we believe that this is going to be uh, a real, a reality for, uh, for you Thank and you. your campaign. Thank you so much. You can go to www.hillharper.com. That's www.hillharper.com. Or you can DM me on Instagram uh, you can DM me on Twitter and send me a direct message. I'll send you that link. Um, there's any number of ways to reach out. So please, please, please reach out. And then I'll have either somebody on my campaign or I will directly send you back a link to get involved or a link to donate or both. And we just appreciate it. We need everybody's help and everybody's leaning. No idea is a bad idea. And so thank you, Michael. Thank you for, for this platform because we got to have a really in-depth conversation because a lot of times folks just hear little sound bites here and there, but we've got to get into it. And that's what people want to hear. Cause that's when you know whether someone is, is, is authentic or not is when you actually hear them speak for real, because you know, if, if you start saying to yourself, Hey, that doesn't quite make sense. What are they talking about? <laughs> you realize there's an agenda involved. And so I'm hoping that everybody who heard me today understands that this is something that's very personal to me and a real commitment and um and you know i want you to climb with me and and we do we do feel that uh in this in this interview we feel that this is this is your passion this is these are not just sound bites these are not just talking points that you've made but these are you're passionate about uh you know what you feel your vision is for the state of michigan and again we are behind you 100 percent. whatever we can do to help make that happen for you and your your campaign we want to do that for you thank you again so much sir for being with us on this thanksgiving edition of the thinking out loud radio show may god continue to bless you you as well god bless it's the thinking out loud radio show we'll be right back you're listening to the thinking out loud radio show with pastor michael nimmons don't you dare touch that dial. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you...
leads you to believe. Who Told You That You Were Naked is a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Hi, this is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to radio host Michael Nemons on seven years, 300 episodes, and over 40,000 streams and downloads of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, now available on Pandora Music app. Subscribe today. The title for this week's thought is I'm Thankful. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is found in Psalms 107 and 1, where King David declares, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercies endureth forever. And after his open declaration of thanks to God, then David goes on to list a litany of reasons the children of Israel ought to be thankful to God. For example, in verse 6, he reminds them that they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. It's interesting to note here, the Psalms themselves are songs primarily written as a melodic memoriam or reminder of the goodness of God to the children of Israel. The question then becomes, why would that be necessary? If what David says is true and God delivered Israel out of some otherwise treacherous and malicious danger, then why would they have to be reminded of this? It would seem that these historic rescues would never leave the consciousness of God's people. The answer to this question is twofold because yes, the children of Israel should remember God's goodness to them. Yes, the children of Israel should remember God opening up the Red Sea so they could walk across on dry land. The children of Israel should remember that God sustained and provided for them 40 years as they wandered through the wilderness. But just like many of us, we oftentimes forget and even experience what is called spiritual attrition or a spiritual weakening when we are confronted with new trials and new challenges to face. And instead of remembering what God has already done, we oftentimes forget, which weakens us mentally and spiritually even the more. And these times become even harder for us to see our way through. But all we have to do is just remember. 
subsequently our victory is found in our remembering. It is in our remembering that our faith is built. It's in our remembering that produces immense thanksgiving for where God has brought us from. Which brings me to my second point. The Psalms penned primarily by King David was meant to be a melodic reminder to not just the children of Israel, but even to their children's children and their children's children of where the Lord had brought them from. It was a reminder not just to the people that God delivered, but it extended for generations and generations to come, which even includes our generation as it helps us to build our faith in the God we serve. For it was the same God who delivered the Israelites from Pharaoh that can deliver you and I from our modern day Pharaohs. It is the same God who rained manna from the heavens to the children of Israel that will provide for you and I. Herein lies the power of Psalms 107 and 1 because it is from David's divine instruction that we celebrate Thanksgiving not just once a year, but every day is a day of Thanksgiving. The songwriter goes on to say, take the time to glorify the Lord today. We are thankful for every day, every hour, every second, every minute that God gives us to live and enjoy life in this world that he created. Our thanks to God for all that he has done for us is the least that we can do. In fact, living for him, as Paul instructs us in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which he contends is your reasonable service. In other words, for all that he has done for us, true thanksgiving to God is choosing to live for him. Our lives should embody gratitude. Our lives should exude thanks to God. Inasmuch as it is truly a thankful person that can see God in everything that happens in their life, they don't just thank him for the good days, but they thank him for the bad ones too. They don't just thank him for the sunny days, but they thank him for the stormy days too. Why? One songwriter put it this way, because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in his word could do. He continues, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. So today, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for every mountain. I'm thankful for every valley. I'm thankful for every good day and every bad one. I'm thankful for the ups and the downs. I'm thankful for the full days as well as the empty ones. I'm thankful for the joyous times as well as the sorrowful ones. I'm thankful for every tear, for every chuckle, for every win and every loss, every victory and every setback. In the poignant words of the songwriter Walter Hawkins, I'm sure as he examined his own life and where he could be, he surmised, it could have been me outdoors with no food and no clothes or just alone without a friend, or just another number with a tragic end. But you didn't see fit to let none of these things be. But every day by your power, you keep on keeping me. And I want to say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Walter's lyrics 
have also become my testimony. And for that, I'm thankful. I know you enjoyed this episode's thought of the week entitled, I'm Thankful. And in the words of King David, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercies endureth forever. I want to give a special shout out to my good friend, actor, entrepreneur, author, humanitarian, and now U.S. Senate candidate, Hill Harper, for being our special guest on this Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly appreciate him for taking time out of his very busy schedule while he's collecting signatures, organizing his campaign, getting ready for the 2024 election cycle. Guys, he's got a lot ahead of him going into and getting ready for the August primary in 2024 and the general election in uh, November of next year. If you want to get more information about how you can donate, how you can support and even volunteer for Hill Harper's campaign, just go to his website, HillHarper.com. That's HillHarper.com. And there you'll be able to get all the information you need on how you can be a supporter and a volunteer for Hill Harper's run for U.S. Senate for the state of Michigan. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to this week's Thanksgiving edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. We hope you enjoyed this week's show. And again, we want to wish everyone under the sound of my voice a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a wonderful and blessed Thanksgiving. Remember to follow us on all of our social media at TOL Radio Host MSN or The TOL Radio Show. We truly appreciate it. Our social media is continuing to grow organically and we appreciate each and every one of you who follow us on all of our social media. If you want to contact us, hit us up on uh, on our email at contact at michaelnimmons.com or send us a DM. We'd be more than happy to chat with you or to respond to any of uh, the requests or comments that you've made about anything we've talked about on any of our Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. We appreciate you and we love connecting with our listeners. And guys, be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. Well, we get ready to get out of here, but always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. The power is within you. The mind's most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Want to be a guest on the show or partner with the show? Send us an email at contact at michaelnimmons.com. Tune in each week for a new episode of Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.